Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for this week's episode of Champions of Change, where each week we spotlight the women and non-binary people making a difference in the sports world, both on and off the field. Every Friday, hear how athletes, marketers, creators, and executives are breaking down barriers and changing the game forever. I'm your host, Molly Cahillane, Adweek's senior TV reporter, where I cover sports media, streaming, connected TV, and measurement. This week, I was actually at a really cool event. It was the first Business of Women's Sports Summit. So it was hosted by Laura Carreni at Giant Spoon, Linda Yaccarino at NBC Universal, and Alexis Ohanian, who co-founded Reddit and the principal investor in Angel City FC. I saw a lot of people there, including some folks you might recognize from this podcast, like Andrea Brimmer at Ally. Um, but I also got to talk to Midge Purse uh, from Gotham FC, my home team, um, for a story I'm working on about soccer and content creators, which I teased a little bit last week with Julie Haddon. Um, but I left feeling really motivated around the work and investment in women's sports. And as Alexis and Laura said yesterday, if you're not getting in right now, we're going to look back at this time and wonder how we were so dumb for missing the obvious opportunities. This week, I am so excited to be here with Catherine Kaling Frederick, the CMO of the Los Angeles Rams. Really sad I did not see her yesterday, but I did see her in LA a couple weeks ago at an Adweek event, Champions of Change. Shout out to this podcast. But she joined the NFL team in 2021 and was with them for their big Super Bowl win in 2022. So I got a chance to check out Cat's Ring itself, like the Super Bowl one, when I saw her in LA. But she's had stints as CMO at Live Nation and Ticketmaster as their head marketer and spent time at Yahoo, Modern Luxury Media, and Price Grabber. So I am so happy to be here with Kat today, and we have so much to talk about. So Kat, thank you for being here. Molly, thank you for having me, and thank you to the podcast. Absolutely. And I wish that our listeners could see where you are right now, because your background is like LED. It's lit up. Where are you, Kat? Tell me about we it. We are at the uh, Rams SoFi Draft Lab here in an undisclosed location in the San Fernando Valley as we prepare to draft tomorrow um, for the 23 season and our 23 roster. Um, okay. So the draft, we are in the midst of the draft. Um, I said this to you in our prep, but um, there is a really good player that I might recommend you draft. Uh, name's Peter from Northwestern. 
Northwestern alums are favorites on this team. I mean, who we could not have made that Super Bowl championship run without the help of Ben Skaronic. Oh, Ben. Uh, I, I told you I was going to bring this up, and I was joking with you <laughs> earlier that I find a way to mention Northwestern in pretty much every podcast I do, and people probably think it's insufferable. But you know what? I'm going to consider it endearing. Hey, you got to back your alums. You got to back your alums. Absolutely. And so the draft house is undisclosed. I won't press you on the location, um, but it looks awesome. So can you tell me a little bit about kind of the draft house and kind of you've released some really cool creative yesterday. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about that? Thanks so much, Molly. Um, No, I mean, draft is one of the major offseason tentpoles where fans can rally around not only how are we developing a best-in-class team on the field, but also how do we engage and build that optimism for fans in the offseason as they get ready for football season. And so the draft represents a major inflection point in in our offseason program, Uh, certainly during the time that I've been here, as well as our head coach, Sean, we have not had a first-round pick. And so it's always been beholden to us to develop that hype and optimism during this time frame. So yesterday we released uh, our draft campaign, our draft promo with Brian Cran- featuring Brian Cranston, featuring Aaron Paul, featuring uh, Cheech Marin, as well as uh, Diplo, both in the track, as well as uh, uh, featured on the film. Um, really excited to, to really demonstrate going back into that lab you know, figuring out how to make magic and and unveiling that to our fans across the season. Well, the spot is fantastic. So if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. But I do love that like Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul and Breaking Bad have had this whole resurgence. The show ended years ago, but then you saw them in the Super Bowl, then you see them in your campaign. Well, and, and not only have they continued to work together on incredible things, but um, Dos Hombres is also an incredible partner of ours and certainly a fun way to bring the worlds of brands together with our brand to, to demonstrate that growth forward. Definitely. And Kat, I want to talk about a brand because you joined 21, yep. won the Super Bowl in 22, had a bit of a rough season in 23. Or no, 20. I'm sorry. My math is so bad. <laughs> Had a bit of a rough season fall 22. Correct. Um, and we're heading into 23. So how, I, I assume, I'm, not, I'm no marketer, but I assume there are different strategies when you have a winning team and a losing team. How have you approached kind of marketing the Rams and how are you looking at this season? You know, I've worked in the live event space for a bit. Um through my time at Ticketmaster and my time at Live Nation, understanding how to build true fandom, understanding that we're playing long, right? Um, In a city like LA that demands championships, that is the cost of entry, uh, the cost of loyalty. Um, You have to demonstrate that both on and off the field. And as a marketer, I think you think about Um, how you can create those relationships that are certainly at the very, very nexus about football, but really about those shared memories, about the sense of entertainment, a sense of community, a sense of service to the community that we live, play, reside in. Um, and, And how do we build the complexion of that in such a way that allows us 
when we're not performing at our uh, at our top? How do we continue to serve and engage with that community? So in a Super Bowl championship season, absolutely, you can continue to use that momentum to propel um, sort of that, that civic pride and bringing communities together to celebrate that march to the Super Bowl. That's certainly one way to do it. But it also when, when you're not having that kind of success on the field, that does not then ratchet down your commitment to doing right off the field. And so last year, not only were we able to bring to life the story of Kenny Washington, helping certain communities open um, new fields, uh, continuing to develop great content that allowed people a, a peek into our players with their helmets off. What are they passionate about in um, Women's Empowerment Month? Matthew, our, our you know, QB1, um, <laughs> spent time talking about what it meant to be the father of four girls and why that propelled him to making an investment into, as an, an ownership investment into Angel City. Um, and so you start to think that you humanize the people. That's where that loyalty is really created. That's where that fandom is bred. Um, and so it's really exciting for us to think about um, one of the few luxuries that those of us marketers in sports get to enjoy, which is century from now, this brand is going to be here. So how do we do the right things every single day to build towards that future that people want to be a part of? There are so many different directions I want to go with that response because it was excellent. Uh, but I think where I want to lean first is, so LA is a huge sports market, right? We're talking 11 professional teams, two mm -hmm. NFL teams. It's very hard to break through. And also LA is a notoriously fickle market. Um, this is something Julie Ehrman, president of Angel City FC, yeah. and I have talked about. And that if your team loses, people stop going. Um, but that you haven't seen that happen at the Rams. Um, I think it's something that Angel City's a little worried about, but okay. I mean, they're winning, so... And, and the Rams have a very interesting history, you know, having having been here in L.A. and then the relocation to St. Louis and then the relocation back, um, you know, less than a decade ago means that that journey is one of reconnecting with previous fans, um, articulating what these brand values are for the next generation of fans and making those connections. The reasons that people build loyalty and I know your loyalty for Taylor Swift um you know <laughs> we'll like get they, into that. They, they build loyalty over time a lot of that loyalty is you know and we learn this in leadership lessons loyalty is built in small moments right those relationships and trust are built in small moments so how do you continue to create those experiences that people want to have and and allow them to opt into that and so whether that's mm -hmm. what we do in the community whether that's best-in-class content, the mashup between culture and fashion and LA, sport and entertainment, that nexus is also a breeding ground for great experiences. But then you also get to learn about the people that make the Rams go. You learn about mm -hmm. the players, the coaches, the front office, and the richness of that story. There's so much sports programming, but what I believe that the Rams can offer our fans is access. How so? And so? So when we think about things like LA, um, 
one of the, the unique things that happened when we did relocate back from St. Louis was the team that came over was very small. We knew how important it was to build a team that represented the best of LA, that really understood that LA is not a monolith and, and represented the diversity um, that spans across LA. Um, and being able to tap that from authentic perspectives in an organic way that allowed you to reach the hearts and minds, not only of our existing fan base, but really drive insight into what's the right way to um, drive those new relationships with the next generation of fans. And so whether that meant showing up in schools or working deeply in the community in areas in which certain populations have not been given access and resources, the Rams have really built over uh, the return to LA, a strategy that is very endemic to this market. It's very endemic to the needs and the fluid needs of the communities across LA. Um, and there's a ton of really fun textural stories in there to tell. You made so many good points there. And I know I'm just echoing what I said four minutes ago or whatever, but especially with a market like LA, community engagement is so hugely important in breaking through because with the 11 professional teams, plus you've got USC, UCLA, mm-hmm. like the whole college market too. Uh, I feel like the Rams have done a very good job in breaking through that. And I want to actually hit on, you mentioned marketing to the next generation of fans. And you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, sure. but um so uh, like a lot of this podcast so far this season, I've been talking with newer leagues like the NWSL, the WNBA leagues that have been around 20, 10 years. We're talking now NFL, a league that's been around 100 years. Mm-hmm. So as a legacy brand with such power behind it, how are you looking towards marketing towards Gen Z, Gen Alpha, a new generation of fans that might not have the brand loyalty that the Rams have had for generations? Yeah, I think they're... You certainly don't want to alienate uh, sort of that historical brand equity that you have with, um, you know, an older generation of fans. But I think a new our, our newer generations, the opportunity is really around who is your brand? What do you stand for? Um, the mindset and ethos of a brand is really critical to understanding what equity you have to contribute to the conversation. How do how are you engaging the next generation of fans? I will say for us, you know, there's so many different ways from getting football fandom out there through our Play 60 events, going actually into schools, whether it's our Rams readers programs with our, you know, Rampage wrote a book. And so he comes into schools and uses an opportunity to really demonstrate what LA has to offer, but how the Rams sit nestled within that. Um, But I also think that social, digital, and, you know, the drive to be able to pull content yourself um, in that younger generation. So how are we marrying content strategy, community strategy, and, and all the brand has to offer within that? And so we've done our homework over the last, call it 12 to 18 months, to really articulate who are we, right? How how does this team operate in a way that services um, sort of that wide span, that non-monolithic fan base? 
Um, but also how do you do that in a way that's nimble and fun and really represents the, the levity and joy that is this game? So much of that is also spanning between generations. Some of those most formative memories around sports are those shared memories between, you know, whether it's a father and a daughter, the gener like the memories I have been able to create with Kylie and Charlotte, my 10 and nine year old girls is I may have come for the opportunity. I stay for what I see it bring out in them. I think I have a lot to follow up on. This is, a, I think, a great moment to take a quick ad break. So we will be right back. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kat, I love what you bring up about the idea of forming memories, especially like the parental relationships, the familiar relationships. And I tell this story a lot. Um, one of my favorite memories is my dad is from the Bronx, um, grew up in upstate New York, um, not well off, son of a fire chief, New York City fire chief, lived in poor Hudson Valley. But my dad made it a point to take me to a Yankees game mm-hmm. every year since I was about four years old. And that that kind of I'm one of four and I'm probably my brother is a diehard Falcons fan I'm sorry (laughs) Um, sorry but of (laughs) I know I'm sorry for him too he's a Falcons and a Braves fan I'm like bro are you okay like how's your (laughs) mental health Um, but of my one of four, my dad and I go to a lot of games together. He took me to my first NFL game. He took, so it's just kind of that storytelling, that community I think is so important Mm -hmm. and having that humanity behind it. And that's something I see with the Rams and something I see in what you are doing and your whole strategy. So it's awesome to hear. And I think that, um, those relationships have a certain earnestness to them. And so, when we think about our content strategy, it also needs to meet the moment with honesty, with a level of authenticity. Um, And so even with the content that we dropped yesterday, right, going into the lab, as you, as you mentioned, you know, coming off a rough season, I think we have to have that shared honesty with our fans, that there is reason that we all know that we're on the field, off the field, rolling up our sleeves and getting ready um, to attack the season uh, with great strategy, great insight, but also great momentum. And so how do we tell that story from our gut? Um, how do we share that honest emotional connection with our fans? Because I do think that 
you know, sports is 365 now. And so how do you break through? How do you ensure that you're not marketing just to sell something? You're marketing because you want to cultivate those relationships for generations to come, which means that we listen to our fans. We engage with our fans. We under like the first time I watched a fan walk into SoFi Stadium and cry, knowing oh. this is the new house, like the new home in the Rams house. The Ramily lives here. Like there's something to be said about that moment and how it overtakes you. And so we say that we're transforming hearts and minds one at a time every single day. And that is an important charter for us. I love that. Not marketing just to sell something, but marketing because of the relationships. And I think, and I, I will wax poetic, so I'm going to stop Please. myself beforehand. But I just do love the relationship that sports can build, especially women in sports and everything you're doing. And just, Kat, I want to talk a little bit about your background because the Rams is not your first rodeo as a CMO. <laughs> you came over from Ticketmaster slash Live Nation. Uh, I did fight the great war to get Taylor Swift tickets. Um, I know that made a lot of headlines. Oh, you guys can't see it, but Kat's like giving me like a scared thumbs up right hey, now. Congratulations. <laughs> um, you know, in a war of scarcity, winning is hard to come by. I don't know how I still have a job because during that week, my editor was out. So I was writing our newsletter every day and I signed it every day with an update on how my Taylor Swift ticket battle was going. So uh, as the former CMO, I would get notes like that every single day, whether it was Taylor going on sale, BTS going on sale, Adele going on sale, playoff tickets, Super Bowl tickets. So I, I understand the struggle is real, <laughs> but um, I, I, I assure you the payoff will be there. Do not, guys, do not email Kat asking for how to get Taylor Swift tickets. She cannot help you. Cannot. <laughs> Cannot. But Kat, I'm curious how your experience at brands like that and brands like Yahoo have, what what did you learn from that and how have you brought that into your current role? I mean, there is a beautiful opportunity when you have that level of scale. Um, and I think one of the lessons it taught me most acutely, most quickly is I personally am a focus group of one. Um, and to trust the data and to let the insights be what they are. I don't represent the perspective of someone sitting in Wichita or in Sydney or in Shanghai um, or in Mexico City. And so for us, it is about really giving yourself an opportunity to understand what it, what your markets, what your audiences need from you and how you meet them where they are. Um, and so, you know, I think for me, it's... Um, Fandom has some level of passion meets irrationality. And there's absolute magic in that. And so how do you really understand what those levers within passion allow you to unleash, right? Um, I absolutely think that some of our um, investments in the next generation are to breed a love for the game, breed that level of passion and pride at, within people, within themselves as athletes, but also how sports can allow communities to thrive on their own and be a platform for excitement and joy. Passion meets irrationality. I want that on a neon sign above my desk. 
<laughs> hey, I mean, you, you're Swifty. <laughs> you get it. Oh, so I, I'm a Swifty and a women's sports fan. Oh, wow. Like, you totally get it. <laughs> um, so, Kat, you born and bred Los Angeles. Yes. Like, from there, I'm, I'm a little curious about your background. I know you went to Bryn Mawr. You got your MBA at MIT. Uh, your MPA from Harvard, so you clearly um, don't have Coast, any West. drive. <laughs> East Coast, West Coast bias, yes. East Coast, West Coast. Uh, so I'm a little bit curious. Did you act- did you play sports growing up? Um, I did play sports, not well, but I <laughs> played sports um, uh, in part because I did grow up in a pretty hardcore Tiger family, and so this <laughs> allowed me to get out of sports. Allowed me in uh, an escape from. SAT classes and reading the dictionary and Chinese school on on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, but it was also where a lot of my social relationships were developed. My, you know, my understanding so much about um, my Chinese culture was about individual success and individual progress and, you know, grading on a curve. And sports gave me an opportunity to understand teamwork collaboration, communication, and a sense of self-discipline. Um, and so I think those lessons in tandem with, you know, a not-so-shabby work ethic um, certainly served me well over my career. I would say a not-so-shabby work ethic is a huge understatement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's really interesting to hear. And then something I actually, you and I had talked about a little bit earlier, but something I really want to get into is we've seen kind of the explosiveness around to sports in general, but girls flag football is something that's really exploding. So I'm very curious around your thoughts around girls flag football and that how that kind of impacts professional football. Well, let's take a quick step back um, and say how the world of the NFL, how the world of football more broadly is transforming in that direction, right? We're at an all-time high um, with 15 women in the NFL who are now in coaching positions, right? We now Mm -hmm. have um, sort of record levels of female diversity, people of color diversity at the league. When you actually translate that down to to the Rams itself, we are one of the top two most inclusive and diverse organization clubs in this league. We've got um, over 50% of our front office is led by women. Over 80% of my marketing team is led by women. And so when we think about this focus and attention, yes, that is where the world is going, right? When you think about tapping into the next generation of hearts and minds, you have to breed a love for the sport. Um, That means investing as the Rams have in many years, whether it's the Watts Rams or the Lincoln Rams um, (laughs) across youth football, but really with a focus uh, this year, uh, sort of January 22, we launched the LA Champions League, uh, which uh, was girls flag. Um, And then in February of that same year had, certification and ratification for girls flag across California. And so these steps that we make are not just to ensure access, but to ensure that that access has a ripple effect and that we all ensure as a men's professional team, that we are strong allies to all children, all kids 
all all members of this next generation as they embark in their love for for sports and 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 namely football that the access has a ripple effect i i love that too you're just you're dropping nuggets it's fantastic uh no and i think first of all i actually did not know that stat that 80 percent of your marketing team is women i think that's phenomenal 80 percent of my marketing team is led by women uh, led by women i've got okay. lots of you know and and the goal is to ensure that marketers have that right perspective. Um, so, you know, I also have a significant Latinx, Asian population, like, so that we are marketing to people from a place of authenticity that can represent an LA um, employee base that is advocating for the needs and wants of an LA fan base. And LA is one of the most diverse cities in the world, the most diverse fan bases in the world. So it's great to see that that's being represented in the teams that represent LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that you brought brought up the stats around women in the NFL because that's something that I think we've seen really rapidly change over the last few years, yourself being part of that. So proud. So proud to see a continued investment um, a continued focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and it's one of the one of the core reasons I'm here. It's a real testament to our leadership team and our ownership group that this is such an acute focus for us. Um, not only in the staff that bring the Rams to life, but also in our focus in making sure that we serve the community that is authentically LA and the markets that we have. Um, we also have uh, international home markets that include Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and China, which also are highly represented um, in the populations across LA. You're making me really want to get out to a game at SoFi this year. Hey, I got a ticket with your name on it, Molly. <laughs> My brother's a freshman at Loyola Marymount, so I'll just pretend I'm visiting him. Great. <laughs> Great. About to be partner of ours. <laughs> oh. And I just love what you're talking about just in terms of community investment, too, around um, women in sports and girls flag football and the mm-hmm. younger teams. I wish there was something like that when I was growing up. So I live in New York, and... My I play softball, but my which is Saturday mornings. A lot of my good friends play flag football, which is Saturday nights. So I go and I watch those games, and I just if I was slightly more athletic or if I had any kind of experience with it, I wish I could play because it looks so fun. Oh, it is. Uh, so personal anecdote. Um, Please, I was on the intra uh mba uh flat co-ed flag football team um that we had gotten out of boston and met i was probably 12 to 14 different schools um mit surprisingly sometimes uh, the <laughs> saying goes the good you know the odds are good but the goods are odd um but we had a very <laughs> successful um co-ed uh, intramural flag football team. Um, it's a bad sign when I play on the line. Like, oh no! This is you know terrible sign. But uh, we did very well. One you know championship game against MIT Sloan versus Fordham. Size wise, we were no match. Um, but we were quick and swifty. Um, 
we played our finals at Central Park. Uh, it's the only time where I'm very glad that women would earn nine points per touchdown versus the men. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think for me, it is really about that sense of community and joy. That's what I continue, like I continue to text with some people that played on those opposing teams because it was just so much fun and a sense of belonging. Um, and so I don't think size or agility should matter when it comes for to a love for sports. My kids, um, bless their hearts, are never going to be um, sizable athletes. <laughs> but um, I, I love to spark their inner Napoleon complex and let them loose anyway. You know what? Let them do it. I went to high school in Georgia and um, – people would literally hold their kids back in like kindergarten so that they could be big for football. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, it worked. Harrison Bucker and I were the same year and he's got the Super Bowl ring with the Chiefs. But uh, shout out to Harrison. We were in New Testament together senior year. Georgia. Yeah, well, Georgia <laughs> brings out a lot of great football players. Just ask Matthew Stafford. Oh, Matthew Stafford. Fantastic. I had him on my fantasy team last year. Um. All right. Well, Kat, I have kept you for quite a long time, so I'm going to let you go in a second, but I have one more question for you. Sure. We've talked a lot around um, like what we're doing in sports, what you're doing, what the Rams are doing, how LA is doing, but how can people best be an ally to the women and non-binary folks that are working in sports? How can we support the people like you in sports? You know, I think for me, it's always understanding, and, and it's one of the things I've appreciated most about and, and probably surprised me most about working in the NFL is just how collaborative it is, how much sports teams want to see one another succeed. As you said, we're in a very saturated market in LA, but whether it's Vanessa at the Sparks or Lon over at the Dodgers, like the ability to be able to tap into great allies across sports has been really important. And I, I see that in how sort of there's incredible collections of women in sports in LA rallying together, organically finding time to swap stories and best practices. Um, and that community has become a real safe haven for me um, as we continue to see just over the last half decade how expansively that community has grown. And so, you know, my my counsel is just lean in, right? Um, and I, I don't mean that facetiously at all. Like use this as an opportunity to develop your wolf pack, to bring around your allies and those who also want a championship, champion your cause. Um, and so how do you make those not times where you have dedicated conversation about how we bring out women in sports, how we bring out uh, women in leadership, but constantly talking about how we collectively get ahead, how we can, can open the right forms for those gatherings and community um, to make a difference. So much of our days are, are civic minded or service minded in nature. How does that just but up against the opportunities we have every day to say, can we be more inclusive? Can we be more thoughtful? Is this another time that we can bring 
more robustness to that conversation. I have chills. I'm just, I'm trying to even formulate a response. And you know what? I'm not going to. I'm just going to say thank you because that was incredible. Oh, well, Molly, it's always great to chat with you with Adweek. Um, we've been such special partners. And so really just love getting the time to chat and, and to talk. Well, Kat, I am so glad you made the time, especially with the draft happening as you are in the draft house. Uh, hey, when football's 365, you got to find it where you can find it. Well, and that's what you and I talked about last time in LA, how yeah. you're like, oh, I have, quote, time in the off season. No, you don't. Hey, we, we prioritize as best we can and we just keep it, keep it moving. Absolutely. And I will see you at a Rams game this year. I'm going to yes. make it out there. Yes. Um, absolutely excited for this season, excited for this roster, and excited for the stories we get to tell. And I didn't ask you who your first draft pick was going to be. I was good. <laughs> but Kat, thank you so much for being here. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. And please tune in next week. We're hopping back over to basketball as the WNBA season is about to tip off. Thank you for listening to Champions of Change, Shattering Ceilings in Sports, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Amanda Sickler, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Hale, and edited by Lane McGibbony at Outwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, shoot us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.